0: What would you do if you could do anything welcome back to the purpose effect i'm elena we
1: are born into a certain family system and everyone from that particular system is interconnected by blood and not only by blood but also through this what i would call soul connection you know, that we have with those people from that particular system. This is how it starts. So it's really, you know, like a big web of information, of relationships, and everything that happens in a system can have influence on every single member. Are we individuals or do we have a
0: collective soul? How do the life experiences of our ancestors affect us? How do we live in community, including everything and excluding nothing? Family constellation, or systemic constellation, is a practice that allows us to work through personal problems by looking at these in the context of the systems we belong to. These can be our family systems, but they can also be the systems we create, our communities, and our work. Monica Wiss is a systemic therapist who began working with Family Constellations after seeing the profound effect the work had on her daughter. Now, 20 years later, she has helped clients use Family Constellations work to address a huge range of issues, from trauma, depression, and anxiety, to mindsets affecting relationships, money, or work. She is also the founder of Heart Sanctuary, a healing center bringing together practitioners from a number of different modalities. Monica and I talk about what Family Constellations really is and how it can become part of your own personal growth toolkit. But to begin with, we talk about her first experience with Family Constellation and how it changed her life.
1: We were living in in Switzerland in a small village and my daughter had sleeping issues. So she couldn't sleep during the night... Waking up many times, crying, not being able to fall asleep. And no matter what I did, it just didn't help. So I had this friend who had also children and she was homeopath. And she told me about a therapist who was working with psychokinesiology. And I had no idea what it was. You know, kinesiology works with muscle testing where you... into your subconscious mind and you find out answers that our conscious mind does not necessarily know. So I thought, what can I lose, right? It's been five long years since birth. My daughter couldn't sleep. So I thought there is literally nothing to lose. And I went and this lady just started testing, you know, using my arm. Your body or your daughter's body? Sorry. So it was my daughter's body, but because she was little, she was five at the time, um, I was like a surrogate. So I had to touch her and the therapist was testing on me, on my arm. Yeah. So anyway, to cut it short, she found out answers that were lying in my family system. It had a connection. So the sleeping issue had a connection with my aunt who lost her baby and was not able to process the grief. Now, the interesting part was, I didn't know that. I knew she was pregnant. I knew she lost baby like maybe 15 years ago from that point of time. But I had no idea about her process of grieving or any other things, right? So I found it a little bit strange how come my daughter has any connection with who would be my cousin, she didn't know him. Nobody knew about it. Uh, She didn't know about it. So I found it slightly strange. And yet we just did the session, finished the session. Um, The therapist was using healing sentences that I had to tell to this baby in the name of my daughter. And guess what? Two days later, the problem disappeared. So she started to... Sleep through the night, no problem at all, and it gave me in a way a headache because I couldn't understand it. How come that grief of my aunt and the lost baby? She lost this baby in the six months of pregnancy. So obviously it was very traumatic. But how come that such an event can have impact? On my daughter. This is how I came across it. It fascinated me. I said, wow, there is so much more than what we can see, what we can hear. And I started just being interested in all the modalities in the beginning because, as I said, this was psychokinesiology. So the family constellation was part of it. So it wasn't just the pure constellation work. It was just part of the therapy session in psychokinesiology, where we look into the family system. And this is where my journey started in 2001, in June, actually in June. So it's exactly 20 years, 21 years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So your daughter since then has, she's now 26? She will be
1: 26
0: in yeah. one week. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and she hasn't had any issues with sleeping since then? Yeah,
1: unless she chooses to have some yeah. <laughs> partying <laughs> and stuff. No, she hasn't. So this was, for me, that was a miracle, really. I relate
0: to that feeling that you were describing. This worked. You couldn't explain it. You couldn't understand what is the connection between your daughter and her cousin or your cousin who she'd never met. It, it's not like this was her grandmother or someone who was having a direct blood yes. relationship uh, through you. That's right. So how are we all connected then? Like, what, what did this experience and then the rest of your experience in Family Constellation over the l- last 21 years, what has it taught you about
1: how we are connected? to our wider families? Yeah. So it's all about the system. That's the reason why we call family constellations also systemic constellations. And when we belong to a system, any system, and family is our first system we do belong to, we are born into it, whether we want it or not, right? It's like we can talk about it, are we choosing our family or not? But definitely we are born into a certain family system and everyone from that particular system is interconnected by blood and not only by blood, but also through this, yeah, what I would call soul connection. Okay. You know, that we have with those people from that particular system. There is much more. We can talk about it later. We can be connected with other people as well from outside of the system, and they become the part, a part of the system later. But this is how it starts. So it's really, you know, like a big web of information, of relationships, and everything that happens in a system can have influence on every single member. That's the reason why not only the direct lineage like my mom, my grandma and my great grandma has influence on me and my children, but also a little bit farther away. My cousins can have some influence, definitely my aunties and my uncles. And it's not necessarily about the people who have influence, but about what happens to them. It's all about events that happened in the past and for some reason were not processed or were not acknowledged. So it's very, very broad view. The idea that Bert Hellinger, founder of Family Constellations, realized was that, you know, our family system is like kept by a family soul. So we have one big soul. We can call it even family memory. But the idea is that everyone and everything from that particular system is included. And it looks like, coming back to my auntie, that the grief that she felt, she was not able to process it, you know, to to close it in a way and let it go. And that's the reason why it was not yet fully, fully acknowledged, processed, kind of taken into our hearts and said, okay, that belongs to our family. The grief and at the same time, the baby too. So that's how it's happening. And when something or someone has not been acknowledged or has been excluded for some reasons. Black sheep, for example, right? There's so much talk about black sheep, you know, in the past few years. So if someone has been excluded, then it's like empty space in this family. And the successors, so people who are born afterwards, They might want to take that place and they might want to develop certain behaviors or yeah, like what my daughter did, just to show that something or someone is missing so that we need to include it into our system.
0: I really like this idea that families have like a collective soul and that things that are happening in your life, even though they may feel very personal to you, have this wider impact on your family and potentially people you don't even know yet. Like, for example, yeah. it can have an impact on unborn children. Yes, And I think that also should allow us to acknowledge and think about the way we interact with our families and our communities more consciously because the impact we have is not just on ourselves, on our immediate people around us. It can have impacts far down the line. So how do you describe family constellation? Would you call it a therapy
1: or a spiritual practice, a mix of both? Yeah, so this is is always the biggest challenge to describe it. What is it really? I just say, according to Bert Hellinger, who was the founder, he said family constellation is an approach to life. It's a life attitude. So it's interesting, right? Because for him, this is how we are supposed to live our life, including everything, excluding nothing in the shortest way possible. Now, many people call it therapy because it has therapeutic effect. It does. Because... Just imagine, you know, when the energy is flowing in the system, when the love is flowing in the system, we feel good. Yeah. We are we feel blessed, we feel supported, we feel like we are in the flow with life, right? It's like a river of life. So it's very therapeutic and many quality and systemic therapy because we work on the system, not just on ourselves. Is it spiritual practice? You know, we could discuss what spirituality is honoring our roots, where we come from, our language, our religion, our culture, our country spiritual, or is that not? So to me personally, honoring the life that I got from my parents, even though my childhood was truly dysfunctional, it is in a way spiritual practice but i like to you know to keep family constellation very down to earth because i don't want people think oh it's a woo stuff or new age stuff because it's not it's very very logical and spiritual you know at the same time but in the end of the day it is an approach it's how we view life how we view our family and of course everything that happens in life it's a reflection of our relationship with our roots, so our family, our parents, and of course, ourselves.
0: Yeah. When Family Constellation was first described to me, and when you and I had our session together, I have to be honest, I was skeptical at the beginning because I thought, you know, how on earth is this going yeah. to work? <laughs> uh, the therapy that I had, had experienced before was very self-focused, a very individual approach. But then after our session, I could really feel it. You know, I could feel that it was healing and it was also freeing because it allows you to look at things differently. It allows you to view yourself within the context of a community, of a family. And I think that that is an important practice in and of itself, even if that's the only small thing that you get from it. But what problems or entanglements, I think, Mm -hmm. as they're referred to in family constellations, can it help you solve? Who is this for? Actually, it's for everyone.
1: I always say every single person on this planet should do at least one constellation in their life. Hellinger, again, the founder, always said, if every family, imagine just a family, would do one constellation, we would have peace in the world. Because then we would be able to look beyond, beyond the other person, we would be able to understand where the victimhood and also the violence is coming from, right? Because it's not, look at the world, what's happening with all those wars. It's not coming from now. It's the history, right? What happened many, not only hundreds, but thousands of years ago. So if every family would just do one-time constellation and look at the roots, really acknowledge it, really honor it. And, you know, we can talk about it for one week, about victim-perpetrator dynamics, about those entanglements. Really, our children, our grandchildren would have peaceful world. Yeah. So who is it for? Everyone. Maybe I share who mostly is coming to me, for what issues people are coming. And the number one issue is relationship. Right, okay. because even though we say yes, we are individuals and we are spiritual beings in a physical body, we have to interact with other people. There is no way around it, unless we go, you know, into a cave and meditate for the rest of our lives, you know. But the rest is we are surrounded by people, and every single relationship is a reflection or a part of reflection of our relationship with our parents, with our roots. So if we are not at peace completely with where we come from, what happened to us, how our mother, our father was, what they did, and even further, then there will be always a little bit of a crack in relationships. And of course, the intimate relationships are the most, you know, the most important one for people to work on them. Another topic, the number two, is money. Okay, People yeah. are having issues with money a lot. You know, it's money in a sense of attracting money or going into the next level of earning or they are opening businesses, they are failing, they are losing a lot of money. And all those things may have at least one root cause in our family system in the generations before, yeah? So I'm not saying that that's the only, you know, that's the only reason for losing money or not having enough, but it is very, very important one. Because let's say if my grandfather, let's say he gambled everything away, what I will have unconsciously, I will have loyalty to him. Because he's my grandfather. So even if I didn't know him, perhaps I love him and I want to include him. And I will not judge that he gambled all the money away. Nope. I will say to myself, again, unconsciously, I am like you. And I will not allow myself to be happier or more successful. So what happens, I might be very successful for a while, and then I will lose it. Yeah. And these are the patterns that many people, they they see it in their lives. Yeah. I think money issues and money
0: mindsets are things that travel through families. It's very obvious um, how this works. As I get older and I have more conversations, you know, with my husband about money, you realize how you are conditioned from your own family experiences around money in particular
1: totally i really agree we learn it from our family and it runs through generations but family constellation specifically is looking for those underlying dynamics that we are not always conscious about like you know what i mentioned that somebody lost everything gambled away or even became rich in a not ethical way perhaps and then we do our best to pay for the sins of our ancestors and it doesn't work. I love it that when we work with constellations, we do touch on mindset too. And at the same time, we go into generations. What happened? So the events are really important. I think it would
0: also be useful to explain kind of how a family constellation works, because there are two types, right? There's the individual Um, practice which you and I did and then there's also group practices and is one better for one kind of therapy or one kind of issue than the other
1: so yes constellation originally was a group process and that's incredible so Elena you need to come to constellation (laughs) in group one time because it's truly your mind will be blew away because it is so unbelievable how Strangers who come for a workshop, we call it Family Constellation Workshop, and strangers, they don't know each other. You know, they might be few friends, but generally it's a group. um, Everybody can come. They know Constellation or they don't. And in this moment, when we set up a Constellation, we work with representatives. So all those people who come, they actually can represent my family members. They can represent myself, they can represent my mother, my father, whether the family members are alive or not. It does not matter because we are working on a soul level. And the most incredible thing is that when they step into the role of a person, so let's say my mom, they start feeling like my mother. And they know nothing about her, really nothing. Nothing. So it's this beautiful way of connection. This is, you know, when the quantum physics and morphogenetic field come into play, and we can see how easy it is to connect with another person who we don't even know. So that's a group process. We work with real people. They do represent the family members and also, you know, other things like money, for example, or like organizations or like even um, a goal in life so we can use representatives for anything and everything and they start feeling something they start feeling or having some sensations in the body and based on that we facilitate as we are able to see what kind of dynamics are running through that family. Like what happened with my daughter, it was slightly different. And yet my therapist could say, oh, your daughter is connected with your cousin and also with your auntie. So she's carrying the grief of of your auntie. The same we can see in a group. And we see, for example, that... I might be carrying guilt of my grandfather who did something wrong in his life. And that's the reason that, for example, I always feel guilty and I don't want to receive anything from everyone, be it money, be it even lunch or, you know, coffee. And we see that in the group. There is usually a lot of emotions. There is a lot of insights. It's like, really, you know, the light bulb goes on and say, oh my goodness, now I get it. And of course, I or we facilitate as we guide people through the process of acknowledgement, releasing, and we are interested that something shifts in the body because you know how it is, we can understand a lot of things with our minds, but the trauma and the entanglement, the issues they are actually trapped in our body. So we are very, very interested that something shifts in the body. And that's the reason, you know, we call as well constellations a somatic experience, because this is how the healing happens. It happens in the body. And then we have private sessions for those who either are not so open to the group or we are not running group at the moment. So, you know, there is this option of a private session. And then we are working with dolls. We are working with flow anchors, how we call them. And it's very, very possible to do it as well in a private session without representatives because the dolls basically are our representatives and they tell us a lot. So you had such a session with dolls and I think, you know, you were surprised as well that we can see so much just by placing the dolls on a board in a certain way, like, you know, according to your inner picture. And that's for people who are a little bit shy or who just prefer to really go deep into one topic and we usually touch the main issue and then we may actually touch little, little things around it too. In a session, in a group, we are working really on one issue and we see where is the root cause of the problem. That's the difference. So in a group session,
0: uh, someone would come to the group with a with a question or an issue and then they yeah. will place the other people yeah. in the room r- in, in relation room, yes. to... Um, who those people represent and and what the issue is. And then those people, those representatives, um, if we just use me as an example, say I choose someone in the room to represent my mother, then that person starts to feel a physical change in their own body because they've been assigned
1: this role. Yes, yes. It's almost like we would have connection at that moment with the mother. And, you know, we are all different people some people will feel it in the body some people will feel emotions but then we always bring the people to the body so that they can feel it and it's an amazing experience for representatives as well because yeah we know we are all connected there is no coincidence who is chosen there must be something in them maybe in the family that is not responding basically to the same energy. So it's also a little bit of healing for the representatives too. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that struck me in terms of being able to understand the way that the body, your physical body can hold things um, unconsciously that you might not be aware of was when you directed me to choose certain dolls to represent different people, the colors that I chose. And I just... I wasn't consciously thinking about the colors that Mm -hmm. I chose for the different dolls at the time, the placement of those dolls. I mean, my physical body was directing me in a way that I I couldn't understand, but it did allow me to see something from a very different perspective. It's very visual. Um, So you can have a very bird's eye view understanding of, of your family and, how, and your wider family and how these relationships can, can impact each other. Yeah. How has the work changed your own perspectives, you know, in these 21 years? How has it changed the way you interact, not just with your family, but with your wider community, knowing that we're all interconnected?
1: It changed my perspective in a way that before that, I saw a person as an individual. It's just oh okay so this is that person this person is uh, has this character traits and that's it you know and when I see a person I truly see the ancestors behind and it's clear to me that the way the person behaves is not everything they so for example if they are if they are having depression if they are having a lot of anxiety. I am aware immediately that it can be that parts of it, they are caring for some ancestors who was not acknowledged. So to me is more, I don't even know how to say it, but more honoring towards a person and towards the bigger view. Before, I was also very judgmental. I still am a bit, I have to admit, I'm not completely without judgments, but I aware where it's coming from but I'm aware okay it's not just the person because we do carry a lot of burdens we do repeat just the patterns so that we can belong to the family you know and it's a curse in a way because we are not free we feel free and at the same time we don't so I have much much more compassion towards people towards community than I had before yeah And towards myself, too, because I understood that even my mom or my dad, with whom I really didn't have good relationships, I understood where it came from, you know. And this only became clear when I started studying family constellations and the impact, in my case, for example, of the Second World War on my grandparents, Nobody's talking about usually, right? Yeah, get yourself together and just live your life. You have a good life. So why am I feeling this way? Why am I having fear of survival, you know? And only through studying the constellations, I realized that's the connection. So I really have much more compassion for myself and for people around around me. And I, I think it's really interesting that you brought up
0: you know, fears around survival and issues related to war, because there's been recently a lot more research, including, you know, traditional scientific research on intergenerational trauma and the fact that trauma can be passed down in families through your DNA. And how does this, how does this happen? How are we connected to our ancestors? And what are the effects
1: of unhealed intergenerational trauma? So I think, you know, there are two ways. One is the very, very scientific uh, way of looking at it. That's what you mentioned. And I'm not a biologist, but I think when a person, let's say my grandmother, both my grandmother and my grandfather, they were in concentration camp. Very short, but they were there. And they escaped So I can only imagine that there was a lot of fear before they escaped and, of course, during uh, whether they will be caught or not. So that's one thing. After they escaped, there was a lot of hunger, even though they were farmers, so a little bit better situated than in a city. But I remember my grandma telling me we didn't have enough and they were very young, they were 70 and 20. So when they feel the stress in their body that they don't have enough food, Mm -hmm. right? And food is survival. Of course, all the chemicals, all the hormones are being, you know, being produced in the body and are present in the body. Now, my grandma got pregnant during the war with my father so i can only assume that he got all the chemicals through the umbilical cord and he was born already with stress hormones that were way too high and maybe even you know fear of not having enough fear not of not surviving etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so this is how I would explain from a biological point of view. From constellation, that's, of course, very important too, right? Because we were already born with with those stresses, with this unprocessed trauma, how we call it. But on another hand, what happens as well is, let's say if my grandma is carrying this fear of this, or that existential fear even, or not having enough food, She doesn't process that, then someone will be born, and it could be me, who starts hoarding food everywhere, you know, in all the cabinets in the kitchen, just because through my father, I also got the fear of not having enough. And it's just out of the fear on one hand, and on another hand, I actually may. Feel like, you know what, you never got enough, so I will not allow myself to have enough. And this is the loyalty part. So, we children, and we are all children of our parents and grandparents and so on, we often self-sabotage ourselves unconsciously so that we can belong, so that our family doesn't kick us out. Because there is this feeling that if I'm better, if I'm healthier, if I am more successful, I betray my family and they might kick me out. And the first need of a child, in and this, this is being said by science, by psychology, is to belong. Right? Because without belonging, as a baby, we are lost. We die. So the number one, it's not even love, it's not even food, but it's really this sense of belonging. And that's what we do. This is this is how it goes through the generations until we realize what's going on. That's the reason we say as well, constellation brings the hidden dynamic to the surface, allows us to become conscious about it. And when we are conscious, this is when we can heal it. Because when we are not conscious about what's going on we can't heal it we can't transform it in any way
0: i think that's really it's really powerful it also for me feels hopeful because if you are in a situation where because of intergenerational trauma or maybe even abuse in your family you can't move on and in some cases you cannot acknowledge that with the people who are directly responsible because it's either not safe to do so, or they're they're yeah. no longer with us. So I think it's very hopeful that now those feelings don't need to. You don't need to hold on to them. There is this That's mechanism true. that you can use to to let go. And um, yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit um, from the perspective of people who are dealing with abuse, trauma, loss, or issues in their lives that they cannot acknowledge with the people responsible anymore.
1: So the first point is really to realize and to connect to our body because sometimes when the trauma is really heavy, especially abuse, then we disconnect from the body very often, right? We dissociate it. And we don't feel we totally numb our our feelings. Or we cover it up perhaps with anger. Another possibility. So the first thing is truly to connect with the body, become more present and start feeling what's happening in them. If I, let's say, when I think, when this abuse happened in my lifetime, meaning, for example, there is some kind of trauma abuse with the father or with the uncle and they are no more around or we don't want to face them, then it's more than enough just to think about the situation and just connect to the body and feel it in the body. Now, it's important that we don't run through the event again because this may re-traumatize us, right? That's why when it comes to really heavy abuse and trauma, we need a facilitator who can guide us through because the danger of retraumatization is really high. But let's say, you know, we are in a situation with a facilitator who is guiding us. It's truly just enough to feel in the body what's happening. And very often there is sensation. And we stay with it for a moment. We breathe through it and it's really, it's it's amazing when we use our breath, it transforms so much. It brings us to this present moment that the trauma is no more happening, that it's in the past, we are safe. And, you know, the facilitators, day job, number one, is to make people safe, right? Because safety is, again, safety, belonging, that's, that's really the same thing. And then we can face the situation. And the beauty is, you know, whatever happened, it happened in the past. So we can see the person far, far away. We can work with dolls. We can imagine really far away. And again, we are safe. And we leave, we acknowledge what they did. And then we acknowledge that they are responsible for it. Yeah that we don't have any responsibility, especially if this was an abuse, right? Leave the responsibility and the consequences with them. And from my experience, many victims, they actually feel unconsciously guilty. They feel like I did something and therefore this happened to me. So, you know, Elena, this leaving the responsibility and the consequences with that person in the past allows us to detach easier, and I've seen it happening i I mean, you know, if the abuse happened just one week ago, we don't do it because it's too fresh. But if it happened long time ago, we can work with that beautifully, and we work through the body and the shift happens in the body yeah and it's almost like lovingly lovingly to ourselves i take care of myself and that's the reason i put you back back in the past where you belong right and i leave everything with you what you did to me yeah and this feels better this feels really really better for the for the victims
0: yeah when you and i sat down we weren't dealing with abuse, but the, when we finished the practice, that was my homework, right? To go home, to Mm -hmm. light a candle and to, to leave that baggage with people in the past. And I found that very healing and very powerful. Mm -hmm. The idea that, no, I don't need to carry this anymore. This is not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to them. I acknowledge that it was difficult, but it's not mine and I can move on from yeah. this. I found that an extremely helpful and, and powerful practice. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that, you know, family constellation, the, the shift you can have in just one session. It's not like, for example, other types of th- therapy where you need to go regularly. It's amazing how quickly your body and, and energy can work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was amazed that too. That's why I really couldn't believe it. You know, the first session that happened with my daughter, I was confused. I went home and I said, I'm not going there anymore. Because that's like, how how comes this is even possible? You know, I didn't I I didn't know about all those things back then. Soul, energy, spirituality. Nothing. So for me, it was slightly weird. And I didn't talk to anyone because I said they put me in a psychiatric clinic, you know? (laughs) So I only told my husband and my mom because I just found it so interesting. And that's it. But after two days, it was literally two days after which the shift happened because I had to buy a little tree. Gave a name to the tree for that boy, for that cousin of mine, which I found back then weird as well. But I said again, I paid the money already, so why not, right? I can't lose anything, so I did it. And I bought—I still remember—red hibiscus. You know, and now I'm in Malaysia where the hibiscus is. So I did that, and two days later, exactly after I bought that that plant, my daughter made a drawing. And I still have that drawing. And I freaked out because the drawing was, you know, like a cross. And it reminded me of religion. And I was like, it was almost spooky. But it was for her case that it felt like this because I never had an idea of the impact. And after that drawing and after uh, planting, having that plant named. So I didn't light a candle. Lighting candle is the easier way. This is what I recommend my clients. But after planting that uh, that hibiscus, this is where my daughter started to sleep through. So only after two days after the session, and I was like, oh my goodness, one session, 45 minutes, because it was for a child. And the problem of five long years is gone. And I've had many other clients, you know, that we were really, truly blessed and lucky enough that one session completely shifted the problem. Sometimes it takes longer and we need to look at it from a different perspective because some issues are not only systemic, like what you just said, mindset, right? Our core beliefs, we need to work on them. It's not possible that just to dump the core beliefs to our mother or grandmother, because we have them as well in us, so need a little bit of work. But I have to say there is no way that I would see clients every week, how many people go for psychotherapy and they are getting better, but slowly. For me, it's a one-off session. Okay, when you have another issue, come back. And so I see clients twice a year, three times a year, usually with new issues, sometimes It is repetition of the same issue, but then what we find, it's another entanglement because we can truly only work on one entanglement at times. And we don't know it because whatever comes, comes. So, you know, it's like our soul is directing what we have to look at. And that's the reason sometimes we need more than one session but really, in most cases, one session is enough for that shift. And of course, we need to start looking at the life also slightly different from different perspective.
0: Yeah. yeah. How do you work with organizations then? Because I know you do a lot of work with organizations because that's another system. It's also a system where you have deeply rooted mindsets about certain ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, certain ways to operate, certain ways to solve problems. Um so how can teams or, or business leaders benefit from Family Constellation?
1: Yeah, so it's, uh, we call it organizational constellation, but it's the same principle because it's a system. So in a system, there is always a hierarchy. Also in family system, is, there is a hierarchy, grandmother, mother, child, in organizations totally different but hierarchy. There is also a part that people are taking over roles for other people. This can happen a lot as well, right? Like somebody is not working properly or somebody leaves the company and another person has to yeah, has to take over their work. So it's like overlapping as well. And, of course, there are many companies that have issues with clients, with payments, you know, with marketing. So what we do, I don't go into the corporate world because that's kind of not my my piece of cake. I work with people who have those issues. They come to me. So often they come to me, just one person, and we are working on a team or we are working, for example, on the whole organisation to bring in the order. Again, including everything, excluding nothing. Bring and put everything in order how it is supposed to be according to organisations and according to the universal law of constellation, right? Because sometimes... What happens is also entanglement. I can work in, a co- in an organization and perhaps I'm new, right? I just came one month ago and somehow I'm getting sick all the time. And I don't know why. It's not so stressful, but I'm getting sick all the, all the time. What happens is when I do my inquiry, I find out that the person who left before me was very, very sick and was always on medical leave. So me coming on the position of another person, I'm almost taking over the energy of that position. So we need to thank this person, let that person go, relieve that position from anything that has to do with that person. And also, of course, thank that person. Again, respect comes in a lot in organisations And let it go. And then I will feel better because that position is truly mine. Just as an example. In Europe, Elena, there is a lot of organizational constellations. People are finding solutions for problems, for real problems. They work a lot with consultants who come with very, very, you know, business mindset. But they are using constellations to check which deals the best. So they put aside the mind a little bit and really, truly get in tune with certain solutions that we can set up exactly like Family Constellation with people or with, I wouldn't work with dolls, but I would work with, uh, with papers that we put on, a, on the floor and we can set up the papers and feel which solution is the best for that particular problem. So that's how we can work with with organizations. And in Europe and Australia and America, US, it's really very popular. It's an amazing consulting and coaching tool.
0: Yeah. I think that's the thing that I find um, so interesting about it. It's an amazing tool that can sit alongside whatever else you're doing in your personal growth growth journey whether that includes other types of therapy whether that includes mindfulness practices this is another item in your toolkit that's right yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and we can use it for ourselves really you know to to check to tune in what's missing where do I want to go um I remember even I was setting up a constellation when we were thinking about our son changing the school it was really incredible you know and I was very unhappy with the outcome, I have to admit, because I wished, you know, in a, the constellation shows that he should go to a particular school. And then I remember I went home and I said, OK, so did you decide which school you want to go? And he said, yeah, I want to stay in that school where I am. And I'm, oh, my goodness, this is exactly what constellation showed. So you can see it's really the truth coming out in those constellations. So it's amazing. It's really beautiful too. So
0: having gone on this journey, what does purpose mean to you? Has it changed what purpose means to you? Um,
1: yeah, that's a good question. Has it changed I think yeah, I did. Before that, I wanted to become a businesswoman in a tourism industry, going back to Poland and travel around the world and bring groups everywhere. And now I have the feeling that the most important purpose for me is to be present and to spread compassion and love. That's that's what it is. And whether it's family constellation or trauma therapy that I offer, or even, you know, the center that I open up, heart sanctuary, where we have so many different practitioners really, really committed to spreading healing, love, and um being there, being there to witness the evolution of of our community, of the people around us, whether friends or total strangers, um, I feel that's my purpose, yeah. And one person, one family at a time. Oh, that, I think that's beautiful. One person, one family at a time.
0: In general, I think in the world where we are realizing that we need to shift away from very individualistic, particularly in the West, very individualistic ways of looking at the world, at ourselves, at success, to a much more community-oriented yeah. mindset. Um, and I think that Family Constellation is such an important tool that can be used to understand this better and understand how you fit better in your community and how to operate in your community in a way that is feels better best and allows you to grow and your family and your community to grow alongside you um yeah Yeah. so thank you so much for your time Monica I've really enjoyed this conversation and yeah I've my eyes have been opened because (laughs) I didn't I didn't understand family constellation I didn't expect it to have an effect but yeah now I really see how it can work alongside you know other elements of a personal growth toolkit wonderful
1: thank you so much thank you for your invitation and um yeah i'm glad that you liked it i'm glad that you saw changes i think that's what what's most important and also thank you for doing what you are doing with the podcast and inviting wonderful people sharing what they do and how they contribute to the community so thank you for that elena
0: I hope you've all enjoyed this conversation with Monica as much as I did. I think if we can take one thing away from it, it's that we are designed to live in community and we are designed to live together in systems. And I think understanding this allows us to be more compassionate to other people, to ourselves, but also more conscious of how we operate within our communities, which can only be a good thing. If you would like to know more about Family Constellations or Monica's work, the links are in the show notes. And if you have questions or thoughts you'd like to share, join the conversation in our Facebook group. And you can also find the link to that in the show notes. And you'll hear from me again next week. Bye.